Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. chapter 4, you're saying, well, I've already heard this one before, and I'm sure you have, uh, but I believe since the Bible is special, you can hear something, uh, and God can speak to you brand new, so the problem with coming back to a church like this one several times is I have to look through my notes and find a different sermon to preach, and so uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, I'm sure missionaries usually come here and preach something different every single time. Uh, but I looked here and I was like, you know what? We were here um, every time uh, that we are in town. Uh, you folks have us back and we appreciate it. And so uh, hopefully this, uh, I had to look back through my notes. I don't think I preached this one before. So uh, you just, if you Google on the internet, there's some really good sermons on there. So I found this one. Hopefully it'll work out. Um, uh, my family and I will be back with prayer cards and, and answer questions about the ministry and our family. Uh, let me give you the top three questions that people ask us. And uh, so you can kind of have an idea. People ask us, what's the weather like in Thailand? It's hot. Every single day, it's hot. And then we have the rainy season, and it's rainy and hot. Uh, and then people ask us, what about the food? Food is the same as the weather. Hot. Um, everything is spicy, even sometimes the salad. And then people ask us, what about the people? Uh, the people are very gracious. They're used to having visitors, uh, welcoming people. They've done that since the 60s. Uh, during the Vietnam War, many... Military men used it as an R&R location. There was even an army base there. Uh, but as far as being receptive to the gospel, which I know that's what you are concerned about, um, they, are, they have a difficulty understanding a God that loves them, that died for them, that cares for them, because their uh, whole life is Buddhism, which is do, 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 so that you can reincarnate into something better in your next life. Uh, and then we have to teach them Christianity is all about that Christ has done everything for us. So there's nothing we can do to obtain heaven. And so, but once they do receive Jesus Christ as Savior, they're some of the greatest Christians in the whole wide world. And I would like to invite you to come and visit us. Um, I would be glad to pick you up at the airport and bring you in. Uh, you can stay at our house, uh, but you'll have to pay for your own plane ticket, okay? Uh, but then you can come and meet some of the finest people in all the world. Um, so in John chapter uh, number 4, verse number 1 through 7, uh, the Bible says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. He must needs go through, and he must needs go through Samaria real quickly. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8 says, You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, Jesus was in Jerusalem, went into Judea, and now he's going into Samaria. Uh, Jesus modeled what we should be doing. He taught what we should be doing. And then the disciples followed that. So uh, Jesus wasn't one of those type of leaders that tells you to do something and never does those things. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a boss like that before, uh, but Jesus didn't just ask us to do things that he was not willing to do 
himself. Verse number five says this, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the, at, uh, on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. I want you to look at verse number four real fast. The Bible says, And he must needs go through Samaria. Um, I am not an English scholar, uh, nor am I a Thai scholar. Uh, but my, my sister-in-law, she uh, was an English major in college. And before I send out my prayer letters, I always send my prayer letters to her so she'll check them so I don't look like an idiot whenever I send those prayer letters out. I don't want that to be revealed to the masses of the churches that support us. But I asked her, I said, why would it say must needs? In English today, would we say both of those words? She goes, no, that, that wouldn't be necessary. It, it wouldn't make any sense to say both of those words. But if you look every time in the Bible when must needs is translated, it, it uses the same word and it uses those same two words to explain particular situations of importance. And Jesus didn't just uh, want to do something. He needed to do something. I think uh, in our lives today, we have a difficulty understanding the difference between want and need. Uh, I know I have a problem between want and need. Many times my wanter is far exceeds my ability to get what I want. But Jesus was explaining, I need to go to Samaria. Uh, my, uh, my son uh, and my family, I've always taught them uh, they're, when they're kids. Uh, I remember one time we went to a restaurant and went out to eat or something like that. And, and my kids had some cash and they wanted to pay for where we were eating at. And I said, listen, I'm dad. Uh, until you get out of the house and get a job, I take care of food and clothing and shelter, and I will take care of some wants, uh, but I take care of your needs. And I remember uh, one time my son was going out sewing with the teenagers and said, Dad, I, I stopped by Quick Trip, which is a good place to stop before you go out soul winning. And he said, I just want to let you know, Dad, I, I used your card to buy uh, a drink and some snacks. And I said, Son, I said, and he has a job. I said, you got plenty of money. Why are you using my money? He goes, Dad, you told us that any time that we needed any food or drinks that you would take care of that. That's what you told me, Dad. And I was like, I don't know if gummy worms and Dr. Pepper count as sustenance to keep you alive. But sometimes we have difficulty with wants and needs. And Jesus said, not only need, but must needs go through Samaria. Um. If you and I were Jews at the time, we heard another Jew say that they need to go to Samaria, our answer would be, our response would be, why? Well, why would you do that? You know there's Samaritans in Samaria. You know that you could run into them. You might have to talk to them. You may see how they live and who they are. Why would you do that? Uh, but Jesus said he must needs to go Samaria. Many times Jesus would speak to hundreds and thousands of people. But in this particular moment, he saw that one person at this moment was just, uh, just as important as speaking to thousands of people. We need to remember that in our lives, that the, the, the whole earth is just as important as us, that he wants to communicate and speak to us. Now, uh, I know this isn't Sunday school, but let me just give you a, a brief overview. Right at this point in time, it's been about 700 years, there's been a problem between the Samaritans and the Jews. The Assyrians come down. Uh, 
they took over the area that is uh, currently in Samaria. Uh, this was what they did when they took over a, an area. They would take the best of the best out, the intellectuals, the smart, the rich. They would take those people out of the country, and then they would leave in the poor, the farmers, and different things like that. And then they would intermingle, intermarry, and bring people. And so the cultures, the religions, would become intertwined and, and changed. Uh, the Samaritans, before that, had believed in Jehovah God and worshipped a certain way, and it began to change. They even had their own different place of worship. They even had their own high priest that the Samaritans had. They only believed in certain parts of the Bible uh, that they, uh, those things had begun to change. So you can see a problem between a Jew and a Samaritan. Now, they probably looked similar. They probably did similar types of jobs, and they probably ate similar types of food, but the Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. But I wanted to look for just a moment on what are some other things that Jesus said he needed to do. So number one, what did Jesus need to do? Uh, I found that Jesus needed to do the will of God. In John 4 and 34 it says, Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. One of the things that Jesus needed to do was the will of God. Sometimes we picture the will of God in our life as this some mysterious thing that maybe finally we can figure out the will of God in our life. And I want to let you know uh, this morning uh, in the Bible it teaches us what God's will is for every Christian life. And if we are busy doing the things that the Bible tells us to do in our life, we can easily find the individual will for, the God, for God in our individual lives as well. Uh, number two, Jesus needs to be lifted up. John 3 and 14, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus should be high and lifted up, especially on a Sunday morning, begin to sing and praise and worship our God. And everyone else should bow, and one day everyone will bow before Jesus. Uh, Number three, Jesus needs to increase. John 3.30 says, He must increase, I must decrease. Uh, many times today, our goal in our lives, maybe no one in here, uh, our goal is to increase ourselves. How many likes can we get? How many comments can we get on uh, social media? How many uh, retweets, re... I don't even know all the other things, but we want to make sure that we are increased now, many of us, uh, uh, many different people run businesses, and you must advertise your business and things like that. But many times we are increasing ourselves instead of Jesus Christ. Number five, Jesus needs to work. John 9, 4 said, I must work the works of him that sent me. While his day, the night cometh when no man can work. Jesus knows that there was work to be done. Folks, um, even today, there is still work that needs to be done. Um, number, two, number one, what did Jesus need to do? Number two, who did he need to go to? Look at verse number seven. It says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples were gone away into the city uh, to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jew have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, And if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would give in thee living water. Look in verse number three, or not verse number three, the third verse there. Verse number nine says, And 
saith the woman, how is it thou, being a Jew? She noticed that he was a Jew. Now, the Bible doesn't explain to me what she noticed about him. Now, and I am not an expert of uh, racial and cultural things at this time, but I can only imagine that she could look at him, see his facial features, see who he was, how he was. I didn't see, I assume he didn't have a, hello, my name is Jesus, I am a Jew. He, she noticed it somehow. So she pointed out, hey, you're a Jew. And then look what she said about herself. I am a Samaritan and I am a woman. She brought up two things that is very prevalent in our world today. She brought up her gender and her race. Bringing it up that it was a, that it was a big deal. That it was a problem, it was a situation that a Jew would not understand. You don't understand my life, who I am, where I'm from, my culture, and you know and I know that you should not be speaking to me. And uh, as you can see, that, that, that the problem of race and gender that she brought up, and Jesus dealt with it in the very next verse by telling her only about living water. He didn't say, oh yes, you Samaritan, oh yes, woman. He, he didn't, those things weren't important to him, as important as it was to talk about Jesus Christ and the living water that he could provide. Many times today we get in so many different debates about everything going on, and we forget about the main thing, telling people about Jesus Christ. He wasn't swayed or he, he, he wasn't uh, 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 tricked into going down one of those rabbit holes like we might today. He brought her back to the main topic of discussion, which was eternal life. He wanted to talk about living water. Look at verse number 11. It says, Then the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than the father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of, springing, well of water springing up into everlasting life. She begins to bring up her problems. She said, hey, you don't, you have, you don't have anything to get water out of the well. And, and then, and then uh, you're saying that, that, that somehow you have this special water. You're saying that your water is better than this water. She wanted to bring up all the different problems that she had or that she saw or she noticed. And Jesus didn't deal with those problems either. He brought her right back to living water and told her how that she could live forever. Now, I don't know if you've ever been talking to uh, someone about Jesus and they bring up all these different things and begin to sidetrack you. Or uh, maybe in our lives we get so busy and we become sidetracked with the problems that we have in our life in the world. Uh, but we need to come back to that living water and telling people about that. Then uh, look at verse number 19. She brings up another problem. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh... And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in truth 
and are in spirit and in truth. She brings up religion. Now, there's only one problem with religion. There's only one problem with all religions in the world. You must do something to get saved. You must do something to attain heaven. And Jesus, instead of explaining to her all the problems with her religion, he began to tell her about not where we should worship, the proper location, but who we should worship. The focus of our worship should be. If we uh, are not careful, we can talk about all the different religions and all the problems of all the religions. And Jesus brought it back to worshiping the one true God. He didn't even deal with her religion uh, specifically. He said, well, someone say worship there, worship here, but I want to tell you who we should worship. Um, I don't know about the, if you realize this, but uh, there in Thailand, uh, most everyone is a Buddhist. Um, I don't know if you saw the statistic there that 95% of the people in Thailand are Buddhist. Every day uh, we deal with Buddhists. Uh, there is a common phrase to, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. You are just born and you're automatically a Buddhist. Um, we have spirit houses in, in every area, every neighborhood, every business has a spirit house. You walk by that spirit house as a Buddhist, you will, why? That spirit house, as a sign of respect, as you walk by, many people will burn incense, will give gifts to the spirits that live in that area. Uh, we have one spirit house near a home that's a big, huge glass box. And there's a, a, a pole in the middle, and there are clothes hanging up on that pole so that the spirits can get dressed if uh, they want to in that particular area. We talk about ghost stories to scare kids at the campfire. The people of Thailand really believe uh, the ghosts and the spirits that live in the area, and they are scared to death, some of them, of the, some of the things that they have to deal with. And when you come to talk to them about a God, it's very confusing. A different culture, a different language. Um, we have language problems Every day, and I've noticed all the language problems we have are my problem, not theirs. It's, it's their language that I don't understand. Uh, uh, we have 7-Elevens everywhere uh, there in Bangkok. Sometimes you'll have one right here on this corner, and right across the street you'll have another one. And when you go to check out, they say the same thing every time. Uh, they say, uh, I'll remember my, I'll remember my. And when I heard that in my Thai learning and understanding, I'll means want. Member is member card, which you have to have a member card for anything in Thailand. Any restaurant you go, there's always some sort of a discount card. And my is a question mark at the end of a sentence. And so what she said, I'll member my, I understood it to be, uh, do you want a member card? And I would always answer, chai, krap, yes. Yeah, I want a member card. I want to be a member of 7-Eleven. Uh, you know, buy five Slurpees, get the sixth one for free. Any discount I can have at 7-Eleven. If you don't know where there's a restaurant or street food that you may die from, 7-Eleven will keep you alive there in Bangkok. And so I was like, chai, chai, pum, ow. Yes, I want a member card. And she would look at me, and I would look at her, and the transaction would not take place. And she would say, I'll member mine. And I would say, chai, crap, pum, ow. Yes, yes, I want and, and, and we would leave, and I wouldn't become a member of this secret social 7-Eleven club. And I went back to my church, and I told one of the men, I said, every time I go there, she asked me if I want a member card. I keep on telling her yes, and she, he's like, that's not what she's saying. She's saying, do you have a member card? And you keep on saying, yes, yes, I have one. And she keeps on waiting for you to produce the member card, and she goes, oh, well, it's my problem. I don't understand. Uh, uh, you can understand a, a Jew and a Samaritan having... Uh, maybe some language barriers. 
Now you're saying, well, they made us speak the same language. Well, I know, I don't know if you know this, but people from the north talk funny. It would be different. They eat different foods. Some of them eat white beans or, or different things like that, and, and they don't know what, what uh, uh, Tex-Mex proper Mexican food is. It's a different culture, a different language, and they were having difficulty, uh, and she brought up all her problems, and she cont- he continued to bring up living water. Amen. What did Jesus need to do? Where did he need to go? What do we need to do? I'm here to tell you as, as a missionary, there are many times I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I do my best. I do what I think the Lord wants to do, but sometimes I just have no idea. Uh, I was wanting to buy a motorcycle in Bangkok. If you have a motorcycle, you can get in and out of traffic super fast. and uh, it's, it's far dangerous than a car, but it's much faster as long as you can stay alive the whole time. And so another senior missionary was in there. I said, he goes, hey, I know a used uh, motorcycle place I can take you to. I said, awesome. He said, stand here on the corner. Uh, there's not a lot of parking or things like that, so sometimes you just get a car. On the... And so he said, stand on the corner. I'll come by and pick you up. And so he drove up. And he was on his motorcycle. I assumed it was going to be a truck or a car or something like that. He pulls up on his motorcycle. What do you do? And when I say motorcycle, I know you're thinking of a big Harley or something like that. And that's just not the case in Southeast Asia. Mostly, it's some souped-up moped. So I am to hop on the back of his motorcycle. And to tell you what, I didn't know what to do. I don't know where to put my hands. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not used to riding a motorcycle. I'm not used to riding on the back of the motorcycle. I don't know if you notice this. I'm not really a back of a motorcycle size type guy. And so I don't know if we're going to do wheelies the whole time going down the road. Sometimes I just don't know what to do. But this morning, I can tell you, number one, we must be born again. Now, you can come to church, you can be a member of this church, you can tie to this church, you can be baptized at this church, but you must be born again. John 3, 5 through 7, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Amen. Not just a good person, not just go to church, we must all be born again. Number two... We need to be telling the whole world about Jesus. Look in chapter number 4, verse number 39. The Bible says this, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And he said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. And know that that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. He, He went there to talk to one woman about salvation. She got so excited, she told a whole bunch of other people. They were so interested in her testimony that they wanted to see Jesus and experience him for themselves. And the Bible says that many believed because Jesus must needs to go to Samaritans to Samaria to speak to the Samaritans now uh uh, right now, there's a, uh, not right now, but when we left, there was durian season. I don't know if you know what durian fruit is. It's a big, huge fruit. It's spiky all around, and it's got yellow fruit on the inside. And, and many people say it tastes like heaven, but
but it smells like the other place. It's a horrible smell. And so many times I'll teach English, and, and at the end of teaching English, one of my first sessions, I will ask the, the people I'm speaking to there in Thailand, um, who likes durian? And many people, oh, yeah, I love durian. And some people, oh, no, I don't like durian. And they'll say, hey, do you like durian? I said, no, it, it, I don't like it. And they go, really? Have you, have you ever had durian ice cream or durian bread or, or this? And I said, no, I've never eaten it before. And they say, how in the world can you say you don't like durian if you've never tasted durian? I said, that's a good point. Let me tell you about Jesus. And many of these people have never heard the name Pra Yesu. Pra Borisut Pra Jao. They've never heard the words that we call God. And I want them to taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning I want to put all of us in two different categories. Either we need to be rescued. Today, this morning, maybe you need to be born again. Or we need to be doing the rescuing. I don't know if you uh, uh, saw this on the news, uh, but a few years back there was a, a football or a, a soccer team in Thailand, and uh, the coach was taking them on some sort of team building exercise, and they went to one of the caves up in northern Thailand, and they went during rainy season, and uh, in Thailand uh, a rainy season could be a, a little bit of rain all day long, and then all of a sudden, boom, a big huge downpour just all of a sudden. Well, this coach and these boys had gone into a cave and one of these big, huge downpours came. And it was so much water that they couldn't get out of this cave that they went in. The water had rushed in and, and none of the boys or the coach could swim. And so it began, uh, they, no one had heard for them for about a week and they assumed that they were out, but then they realized it was far too long for them to be gone. They began to send divers into the cave to see if they could find them. Then, then the plan after they found them is how do we get them out? Uh, they thought about teaching them basic scuba skills to get them out. And I don't know if anyone's ever scuba before, but uh, it's more than just a quick lesson. And, and if you don't do things right, you could be very, very sick uh, and possibly die. And so their goal was to, uh, they, they even considered drilling down from the top into the mountain to rescue them. They had all these different scenarios. Uh, what they decided to do is they sedated them strapped them in and then put the scuba gear on them and swam them out as they were asleep. It took three days and every single one of the boys were rescued and the coach. The rescue effort took 10,000 people. It included 100 divers, many rescue workers, uh, took uh, representatives from about 100 different government agencies 900 police officers were there during this time, 2,000 soldiers, and, and it took 10 police helicopters to be in the area for searching and rescuing. Seven police ambulances, or, uh, seven uh, ambulances, 700 diving cylinders, and the pumping out of more than a billion liters of water. That's what it took to rescue these 11 boys, and all of them were saved. Now, it took that much effort to make sure that 11 boys were alive. The, everyone in the community became rescuers. Whether they were experts or not, they did what they could. Some of them were there to help rescue. Some were there to give water to the people uh, that were dehydrated from the heat and all the work that they had done. One man, a, a Thai diver, even lost his life trying to rescue those boys. They were rescuers. They did whatever they could to rescue those 11 boys. Now you and I uh, 
sometimes we'll look at someone else and they'll be of a different culture, a different race, a different gender, and, and we'll look at those things as problems. Jesus looked at that as an opportunity to tell one more person about Jesus Christ. Now, I was talking about Samaritans this morning, somebody or, or some people group or someone at your office or someone in your neighborhood and uh, uh, popped into your head. Now, listen, I know that not everyone in, in our neighborhoods are our best friends. And maybe they don't cut their yard like you do. And someone at work doesn't do uh, the job like you would do. But those people need to hear about Jesus Christ. This morning, you either need to be rescued or be busy rescuing. If you would, please bow your head and close your eyes. And, and maybe we'll have a time. If God has spoken to your heart, maybe you would take time and, and speak back to him. Maybe when we're talking about Samaritans, that Jesus went that far to tell someone about Jesus. Maybe someone in your life, uh, in your office, in your neighborhood, uh, in your family popped into your head that needs to hear about Jesus. Now, those people will give you all the problems in the world, all the different situations, but our goal is to plow through those and can make sure that they know about Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm going to pray and ask God to bless our time together. And, and if God's spoken to your, your heart, I pray that you'd speak back to Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Lord God, thank you so much for someone coming to me, someone telling me about the wonderful salvation that I get to enjoy today. Lord God, thank you so much for someone telling my family how to be saved. But Lord God, I pray this morning... You will help us all to be rescuers and tell those people that are nearest hell how they can know how to be saved. Lord God, I pray that you'll bless our time. And Lord God, I pray that you'd allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you would please. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.com dot org.